This is Peter. And this is Tom. And you're listening to History Teachers Talking Podcasts. All right, this is Peter Zablocki and Thomas Reska, and welcome back to our podcast. Tommy, uh, a lighter one today, I would say. Doing a little tongue-in-cheek, a little bit light thing. Someone that we've been thrown out for a while, right? People have asked us, and we've thrown it. We've talked about maybe doing it here and there. It's not really like type of podcast that we do, but we did do vampires and zombies. So this, I was going to say, this is be, a type of podcast that we do. Yeah, I guess it is. <laughs> it's just whatever you feel like talking about. And I, I do remember, and I have had students ask me this question about this thing before. So we're going to look at whatever you want to call it, you know, the... The Yeti, the Yowie, right? Um, Sasquatch. Basically, we're looking at the concept of Bigfoot, whether it's a real thing or not, but also the phenomenon of Bigfoot and how it um, it's become part of American and popular culture. Yeah, and part of like American history, I guess you know, and, and whether now or later. But I mean, it's been around. Even the term's been around, as we'll discuss today, in the United States culture since 1950s. But obviously. The history of this dates prior to um, the. Well, it goes 1950s. back to the indigenous people, and it, yep. it's, it's kind of um, kind of like a examination, I guess, if you will, of like the human psyche and so that. Because if you go around the world, you have all these other places around the world, like in Russia and stuff like that. They have like the yet like you have all, the same basic type of thing, where they have this concept of this wild man or this wild ape, seven foot ape that lives in the woods, that lives in this uncharted area. That you don't go into that attacks you if you come in there and things like that. So, plus everyone remembers from the '80s. What was that show and movie, Harry and the Hendersons? Like that was oh, like yeah, my yeah, favorite yeah. movie. That made was, see, yeah, that made him seem like a good guy. They made a TV show with it too. I feel like I never seen the TV show, but I definitely uh, seen the movie with the kiddos not that long ago, and they really enjoyed it. Googling this and researching this, I mean, Bigfoot's been compared to Michael Jordan as this cultural icon. Um, well, I guess if you see it, you know what it is. Like if you see a picture yeah. of a Bigfoot, whether even though people have never actually seen a real one, I guess. But even if you look at like cave drawings of Bigfoots, it looks like the drawings of what we have now. So it's again, like why are it's why are people seeing it? That's why I was reading a lot about that. Like why do people believe in Bigfoot? A lot of right. times they just they just want to believe in this like total freedom. Like, oh, what would humans be if it wasn't for civilization? You know, and would they, we be they, like they this? do believe it. I mean, according to a poll taken in May 2020, really? right by the Smithsonian Magazine, one in ten American adults actually believe that Bigfoot is a real animal. Yeah, this is giant North American ape. You know, roaming right. around. All Why right, not? so let's uh, <laughs> let's get into it a little bit, right? <laughs> yeah, no, I guess we'll just start off with what technically is Bigfoot, and then some of the old school history of it. Like you said, starting with yeah. Native Americans, and then we'll get into the origin of the Bigfoot name in 1950s. We'll talk about a few things about pop culture stuff. Yeah, and then we'll talk about what we know about yeah. some famous sightings, I guess, right? All right, so basically, what I saw, and you can you know, interrupt whatever, is that it's it's bipedal, right? So it's an ape ape like creature, big. A lot of times, that besides the name, right? But anywhere from like seven, eight, nine feet tall, covered in black hair or brown hair. Um, sometimes they describe it as even taller. I've seen some up to 15 feet, which would be really big. Um, yeah. And they describe it as like man-like, um, a human-like face for the most part. A lot of times you'll see yeah. that's what one man who said he actually um, had him in his sights, in his sight of his rifle, but he couldn't bring himself to shoot it once it turned it look, and looked at him because it looked so human, more... more um, or basically, uh, man and ape. So he just he just couldn't do it. Um, very broad shoulders, no visible neck because it was it's so like basically muscular, long arms. Um, and that's why they're saying some um, experts are saying, listen, a lot of times it's probably a bear standing up or a sickly bear standing up, and that's what people like misidentified as if they see it really quickly. Isn't there a video but, from 1960s that that's like almost a minute long that it's often viewed and referred to? Yeah. 
Um, so skipping right to that one already. You're, you're, no, I just, I mean, you know, just kind of going like, you know, what, oh, what it looks like. But it's the Patterson Gimlin film, right? Yes. It's recorded in October 20th, 1967 by Roger Patterson. Most Robert. famous probably pictures of it, yeah. Yeah, yeah because it, so they, um, and Bob, by the, the same guy's name is Bob Gimlin, they explored Bluff Creek in Northern California. And again, this is the 60s, and they, they actually have their own, like, you know, primitive video cameras, but they wound up recording a nearly one minute long, what is considered now an iconic piece of Bigfoot lore. I mean, analyzed to this day, pretty much any documentary you see on Bigfoot, this is supposedly the real deal. This is the picture of Bigfoot just kind of chilling, walking through, you know, North America. And often kind of is pointed to as, okay, this is what they look like. Yeah, you know I mean, although you know, that's, that's the image. Yeah, although yeah. there's been some, it's weird because as people have come out and say no, that that tape is false. As far as like they actually say no, like I was a guy in the suit, like they talked about that. And then, other, and then there's still like people who believe in Bigfoot that are just like, no, they're saying it's fake that they faked it, but that's not true. Which is really like a weird thing. Like these people are coming out and saying, no, no, we faked it. You know, like my dad faked it, yes. and this is the proof that we faked it. And then the experts are still saying, no, you're just saying that now, but we know it's it's. It's yeah. real. So it's kind of like, it doesn't matter. Like you, you, people are going to believe what they want to believe. If you ever watch the tape, it's kind of like weird at one second. I guess a little skeptical because at one point the creature does like turn and look right at the camera. Doesn't the, the eyes shine, don't they? Well, that's what they're saying. I was reading that and I saw some conflicting reports, but they talked about that some nighttime sightings of Bigfoot, the eyes have glowed yellow red. However, eye shine is not present in humans or any known species of apes. So it's kind of like... Do you think it's like an owl that when people see yeah, it, like, yeah, it's I like mean, a nocturnal animal? Is it like, yeah, like apes and humans don't have eye shine. So yeah. it shouldn't, you shouldn't have that. So that's, again, that's the yeah, night. But yeah, getting back to the Patterson film, people... people if you get it, yeah, if you watch any Bigfoot show or documentary or anything on Bigfoot, you've probably seen that picture. It's probably the first picture that comes up if you uh, Google it. People are saying, um, they're, they're just saying that, that this is really real. You can see like the ripples of the muscles and stuff like that. Like they've done all these different like Types studies of, uh, and stuff studies yeah. on it and stuff like that and who knows i guess you're going to believe what you want to believe as far as that goes that that's right. particular thing but they also say listen if even that one was a hoax it doesn't mean it's not out there and if it is a hoax it doesn't mean that those things what that was is what they thought it was so yeah who knows this is something that has been around for essentially between like 500 to a thousand years i would yeah, say there's cave paintings exactly. yeah so people yep. know about it even before the name bigfoot even became, I guess, one of the um, famous ones is um, U.S. President, right, Theodore Roosevelt, mm-hmm. actually wrote in a uh, in his book, The Wilderness Hunter, he writes a story about how he was told about this elderly mountain man um, in which there was a foul-smelling bipedal creature that ransacked uh, the trapping, like they were trapping beavers and yep. stuff like that. And he's saying this creature actually stalked him and became hostile. And actually, um, that guy was saying that it broke his uh, companion's neck in the wilderness in the Ohio-Montana border. And then Roosevelt yeah. talks about this in his book, and he said he didn't see anything, but he heard like the howls and stuff. And yeah. stuff. So he, he was like a believer of it. A lot of Bigfoot um, believers really look at that whole thing because they're – Because, you know, you know it's Teddy Roosevelt. Song, but yeah, Teddy Roosevelt. Yeah. I mean, he was an outdoorsman, you know, and he was dealing with all that stuff. So. And he did say that the guy that kind of told him that story um, initially, he said he, the guy was German, and he, he kind of said, you know, Germans and – grim tales and he's like ah there was a little bit of folklore in there and then he you know although he heard something he could not confirm that he saw anything as far yeah, he as never saw anything. teddy roosevelt just said he heard something that he didn't didn't think was something that he's ever heard before yeah so. i mean you look at the iroquois you look at various different tribes 
on these cave paintings. And, and they often refer to these creatures as either wild man or hairy man, which really stems from one particular creature was named, if you look at it, it's like S-E apostrophe S-X-A or, or another term yeah. Sasquatch, um, which was a, a meaning that actually in that particular tribe meant wild men. And that's where the term Sasquatch comes from, which I thought was kind of interesting because Sasquatch and Bigfoot are very much interchangeable for the longest time until really yeah, 1950s. I would, yeah, I would say too, even a lot of the um, Bigfoot hunters, if you ever watched that show, I remember seeing like parts right here and there, they always talk, oh, the, the squatches in the area, right? So they'll, they'll use that term Sasquatch too. Almost yeah. like it's like the scientific name for Bigfoot. Um, but yeah, I guess we can get to um, the origin the name of the name, it. right? Yeah. So basically in the 19, 1958, there was a um, logging company in um, California. They discovered these large set of prints. They were like 16 inches wide, somewhere even bigger, um, in the Six Rivers National Forest. And mm-hmm. uh, they find them. And at first, they're just like, oh, what's going on this? And then a lot of, and they started, the workers started talking about it. And then a lot of the other workers claimed to have been seeing similar tracks on previous jobs as well. So uh, by like an oil drum. If they saw like an oil drum was, was moving, this oil drum weighed 450 pounds. Like, how is this oil drum moving? These footprints were all around the oil drum. Um, so they soon began to, um, the people in the logging company started calling them, calling it Bigfoot to describe yep. this culprit. They had no idea what it was. And uh, they thought someone was playing a prank on them. And then as more and more these uh, footprints kept on coming, uh, they contact a uh, reporter, right? Andrew mm-hmm. Ginzoli. Uh, and he's the one that uh, interviewed the workers and wrote articles about the mysterious footprints. And that's when they included the name Bigfoot, which then, uh, that's basically when that name started to catch on. Like I, I read an interview by the generalist and he said that he, you know, when he did it, when he initially went there to take the story, right, on September of 1958, he said it just seemed like the mysterious footprints and stuff and the, the log, you know, logman story just simply seemed like a good Sunday morning tale, you know. So he kind of wrote it up and, and to his surprise, he received so many follow up articles um, or rather letters, somebody, you know, follow up letters about this just one article that he wrote. So he's like, OK. And he said he never got this much attention for anything before. So then he kind of went back and started doing more interviews and started writing more articles, you know, each Sunday about this Bigfoot or the legend in a sense. And he kind of was very responsible in creating this legend because of the fact that he continuously wrote about it and, and he started comparing yeah. it myths of different wild men around the world. And I would say he, he's well, the guy that kind of made it a thing. Yeah, he definitely started to substantialize. And what he also did was they made plaster casts of the of the footprints and yep. they took pictures of it and they put those in the newspaper. So now they're talking yep. about a Bigfoot or whatever this thing is and they're showing, oh, this is this is the actual picture. This is in the 1950s. There's no social media. If you want to see pictures of something, you know, you're looking for the newspaper, right? Like that's it. You're, so you're hearing about it for a while and you're finally seeing these pictures it's just going to capture the imagination of people. And I'm saying a lot, that's really what a lot of this is. It just captures people's imagination that, wow, something like this could be could be out there. And you know? also at the time, there was a TV show called Truth or Consequences um, in 1950s. And it basically tried to explain the unexplainable. And they offered, so around the same time, they offered $1,000 to anyone who could prove the existence of Bigfoot. Like this became... In the late 50s, uh, uh, yeah, like a cultural phenomenon almost. Just caught, caught the national attention. And when they started connecting it to all these stories, that's the thing too. So they're talking about this story, right? These big these footprints over in California, but now it, but it connects to all these other stories, right? That has been part of human folklore in that region all over the world for thousands of years. It just catches on like, wow, this, 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 there's something to this. You know, yeah. that's what people really want to believe because it's happening now in our time, but it's it's been happening 
you know, thousands of years too. So it's, it's gotta be real. They, they've gotta be out there. And that's, that's really just caught people's attention too, as well. And shortly thereafter, 1961, a naturalist, Ivan Sanderson publishes his book, Abominable Snowmen, Legend Come to Life. And he uses footprints, eyewitnesses, and bone samples as potential evidence of subhumans existent, a subhuman existence, right? Living on five different continents across the world, including North America's Bigfoot Sasquatch, right? And the uh, Himalayas Yeti. Again, now you have quasi-scientists trying to prove that, like, look, this exists. Looking at this, you have science magazines that start being published and start publishing journals or rather attempt to prove through various articles the existence of Bigfoot. There's sightings in every single state in the United States with the exception of Hawaii. It's like a recording sighting. I mean, whether or not they're everywhere, I'm not saying that, but most of them are in the Pacific Northwest. But I was going to say, I thought it was very specific, right? Well, yeah, in that area, but according to the um, Bigfoot Society, right, which are individuals that like they counter all the, they record all the sightings and stuff like that. Right. There's been more than 10,000 eyewitness accounts of Bigfoot in the continental United States in the last 50 years. And even since 2019, there's been even uh, uh, even more. The same people are going out hiking and stuff like that more, particularly. So they're finding even more sightings of something out there. So every state has had a reported Bigfoot sighting with the exception of Hawaii. Hmm. I wonder why not Hawaii. I'm kind of curious now. Yeah, and it's yeah. funny because a lot of people believe that what people are seeing, specifically in the regions of Washington, Oregon, right, Northern California or British Columbia, is either A, uh, as it's been established, that, that they're probably looking at bears, ultimately. You mentioned this before, right? Yeah. And the second thing, that maybe they're even escaped apes. Like, that's possible. Like, what these that's people are really yeah, seeing. Of them, yeah, from, like, private owners. So these aren't, yeah. like, ones that, like, escape from zoos necessarily. A lot of times they have private owners and... um Welcome to Anthology of Heroes, the podcast that explores the most pivotal moments of history through the eyes of those who lived it. In this podcast, we don't spend our time recounting facts and dates. Instead, we follow in the footsteps of national heroes, kings, or ordinary people who lived and breathed the moments that shaped our world. We're not hemmed in by eras, borders, or religions. Instead, we seek out the tales of those who defied the odds and fought passionately for their beliefs. Whether they're right or wrong is up to you to decide. From Vercingetorix's doomed rebellion against Rome, to Osceola's unshakable war against the USA, all the way up to the inspiring Sobibor concentration camp uprising in World War II, each episode is an immersive listening experience, blending music and sound effects to really draw you into the story. Our episodes go for about 45 minutes, making them perfect for your commute, and are crafted using a wealth of historical sources which I list on our website if you want to learn more. I'm the host, Elliot Gates, and I'm thrilled to have you joining me as we uncover history's hidden gems and illuminate the faded pages of our past. Look out for the Anthology of Heroes podcast on Spotify, Apple Music, or anywhere else you get your podcasts from. You know, if you see something like this, uh, I think in Florida, there's one that's called the Skunk Ape, and it's, uh, they said it's probably some sort of like escaped ape and stuff like that. But there's a lot of weird ones to that. Another one's just, it's just humans. A lot of times, not humans necessarily doing it on purpose. A lot of them are saying it could just be feral humans or hermits living in the wilderness. People see it, you know, and then they that's a that's a Bigfoot. Yeah, I mean, um, in one particular, uh, in 2007, a Bigfoot field research organization uh, put what they thought was evidence, photos of what they thought was a juvenile Bigfoot. And then the Pennsylvania Game Commission actually went in to, di- to do a study on this and realized that the photos that were seen were really photos of a bear with a specific skin disease that was caused by parasitic mites. So they're like, yeah, no, that's just a bear. And actually a lot of bears, apparently, specifically black bears, 
have been observed and recorded walking upright, often as a result of injury or other things. So that's the main thing. And besides the apes, you have the bears. And then, you know, some people think that maybe it's just it's human beings. Like it's possible that you have some humans that just kind of live in the woods and are very much away from the real population. And they kind of pop up in random places and, and people get like freaked out when they see someone that is super hairy or whatever living and squatting somewhere in the middle of the woods. I mean, there is a story of an ape man, right, that roamed the wilderness in Texas in mid 19th century. Apparently, like stole food and goods and other things from residents, and eventually they captured him. So yeah, because you just walk in the woods, you find a person who or anything like that, you're gonna freak out, run. So behavior of Bigfoot, so like because like, you, okay. you think you're hearing it, you think you're seeing it. So like, what are we actually hearing? So some and of the seeing? reports are saying that a lot of times, if if um, what I saw in all those and those shows, like if they're knock, you hear like tree knocking, if they're knocking on trees, it's how they communicate. If they're um, throwing rocks, is a big thing. All right, um, that you know they're they're throwing rocks, or uh, that's how they communicate. They're like they're throwing these giant boulders to try to like intimidate. They get people to leave. Um, a lot of times they're going to uh, break um, structures or twist down uh, specific branches and stuff like that. They're saying that's big for behavior. They say they do make nests. And so a lot of times they'll see like, oh, this area that here, this must be a Sasquatch nest. And as simple as like it's, screams, moans, grunts, right, well, whistles. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah like, like the noises that they're hearing. Yeah, like um, the Sierra sounds. Yeah, I don't know if you ever watched that show, Survivor Man. You know, yeah, that goes yeah, out yeah. in the woods and just by himself. So um, Lee Strauss, a guy in Survivor Man, actually um, said that he heard some things once on some of his um, journeys. When he, he's by himself in the woods, he does it for like weeks, and it sounded primate origin. He handed the sounds over to people. They're like, "Oh, we don't really know what this is. It could have been anything, you know." But they're not sure. But even he's one that kind of he's done a couple things. Uh, they're just saying they they ran it through all these filters and they couldn't. They proved it wasn't an owl, wolf, coyote, or fox. That's all they could prove it was not. So they couldn't prove it was mm. anything different, but it wasn't any of those things. So that's just some of them. They make these noises. Yeah, other ones is that they um, they hunt they hunt deer. That was a big thing. They're probably mostly om- they're omnivores, like we would be. But they said that deer is a big thing. They hang the deer carcasses up in the trees. I saw a lot of that. So if you see like a deer carcass hanging up in a tree, leave it there because it's probably a bigfoot's bigfoot's dinner. They're coming back well, for it, so don't mess and with this, it. Wasn't there a story about a guy that mistakenly shot his friend? Because his friend, well, that, he thought, yeah, that happens quite a bit. You had a, he thought his friend was a bigfoot, so he shot him. Yeah, there's been a couple of uh, things like that. Well, a lot of people have also purposely not not to not to like well not to like purposely trick people, but I guess trick like their friends. They weren't putting it out as a hoax, hoax. They're just trying to freak out their friends. They would like dress up as a bigfoot, or dress up as a put on one of these gorilla suits, and like run through the woods and stuff like that, trying to scare people. And one of them getting shot by someone else. Like it's not a good idea to just put like a costume on. And run around the woods because you yeah. don't know who else is around there. So yeah, that that, ha- that happens too. Plus, apart from like what we think a Bigfoot looks like, and apart from weird noises that we think will identify a Bigfoot, or rocks being thrown, or, or branches being broken. I mean, these all these things could really be done, including the noises and rocks and branches by any really animal living in the in the, in the wilderness. So we there's nothing that specifically says, "Hey, this is Bigfoot language." This is a Bigfoot noise. So that's why we have a lot of hoaxes because, you know, a lot of people don't really know or have specific proof and science, as we're going to get into in a little bit, science has definitely tried. A lot of scientists have tried to, to prove the existence of this. Yeah, and um, it's also, there's money in proving its existence. Like there's this guy, Rick Dreyer. I'm sure you probably, um, Dyer, you probably saw him a Dyer. couple times. He, a couple times he's yeah. come out 2008, also in 2014, 2012, he's come out saying that, Oh, he, uh, 
he has a Bigfoot. He's had it tested. It's it's Bigfoot. It's the DNA and stuff like that. And then he comes out saying, all right, no. Then all the scientific people like, let us see it. Let us see it. He's like, a million dollars, you can look at it. You know, it's like stuff I like that. that. Yeah. And then he winds up saying, all right, you know, he paid um, these people to like make it and stuff like that. Then he says, no, he did actually kill a Bigfoot in real life, but he didn't take the real body on tour because he was afraid it was going to be stolen. So he says, this one here is the fake Bigfoot. I do have a real one, but I'm afraid someone's going to steal it. So I'm just keeping it locked up like in a freezer in my house. And even then, like like, like people are like, so who did the, the test? About? Yeah. And who did the test for it? And he goes, oh, it's yeah. an undisclosed lab. What undisclosed lab? Like who, like were you talking about? 3d optical scans and dna tests like yeah, dude that's not a random lab that does this you know i think and and he keeps on admitting it like i think it was didn't he admit eventually that you know that it was a hoax i thought he did he did yeah but now he's saying he does have a real one okay just, that's not the one he put on tour so the one that he, he, he paid someone to basically put like latex foam and like yeah, yeah. camel hair and they called it hank he actually earned like quite a bit of money just taking this thing on tour like just charging people to come and see it. And if you look in the past, you have in 1968, there was like a frozen corpse of like supposed human ape looking hair covered five feet, you know, 11 inches um, Bigfoot, apparently. And it, it was part of this traveling exhibition. And then the story behind it was that it was killed by hunters in Minnesota. It was basically supposed to be a Bigfoot, like a younger Bigfoot. A primatologist wound up studying this exhibition's Bigfoot and concluded that it was basically the same thing. It was a hoax made of latex. And then, of course, the company that was traveling with this thing and charging people to see it said he, he did not study the original subject. He, he studied something else. He studied like the, the thing we put out there so no one would steal the same thing. No one would steal the real one. But really, I get to get to the scientific view a little bit. The expert consensus is basically that it's not credible science. That's what most of these like mainstream yeah. scientists say. Now, a lot of them say, listen, they would like nothing better for there to be a Bigfoot. Yeah. Right. I, I saw that they'd be like, they would love it, but it just doesn't make sense that there is one. Um, or at least they said there's no scientific evidence to prove that it actually does exist. Um, they're not even sure if um, the climate and the food supply would would allow for such a big, you know, um, ape-like creature to survive in that area. Yeah. Others say, listen, there's enough food force a small number of them survive you're not going to have millions of them obviously roaming around but you can have a population of several hundred to a thousand or so that could be out there and they're saying that you know it could be like the missing link that's kind of what the pundits will come back and say the scientific community they're saying it's not a, it's like a missing link between humans and and apes something like that or a um formerly like extinct hominid or they thought it was an extinct hominid that survive and continue to evolve along with homo sapiens suggestion like in the anathol or something like that and to kind of add to what you're saying i mean the, the scientists wanting this to be real i mean there's a lot of formal studies that attempt to prove this and the, these studies have been you know date back to the 70s really there is bigfoot traps that are set up um in different national forests you have in 1974 there was a national wildlife federation that funded a field study seeking bigfoot evidence a journal of biogeography in 2009 was trying to sponsor um, something that would go and seek out Bigfoot. So there is actual actual studies that are being conducted to try to find it. People there's people who have offered millions of dollars if anyone can find anything like that. So there's a whole bunch of um, research going out there. They have that show. I know there was that. It's a show, but if I watch that Finding Bigfoot show, which I think finally ended, and they never found Bigfoot. <laughs> that was basically mm. their, the purpose of the show. And it was just, all they did was like go in the woods. Oh, you hear that? Oh, you hear that? Like it's all those types of, uh, types of things. But a lot of this, um, 
scientists say, listen, if there was a Bigfoot, one, you would they would have an actual report of the vocalizations throughout North America. That something that large, you're not going to have more more capture yeah. of, like more of sounds. If it existed, they would find a lot more tracks than what they do find. Because it, it's, a, it's a megafauna, so they would find a lot more tracks. And they said also that you'd find some form of DNA somewhere, whether it's feces, hair, a dead, uh, uh, a dead corpse, you know, um, hide, something. You would have found something at some point. And since they haven't found any DNA whatsoever, they just can't believe that something like that does exist. There's a Bigfoot field researchers organization um, that tries to continue this, even though the scientists are skeptical. There are a lot of websites. There's a lot of different organizations, the largest and oldest being the Bigfoot Field Research Organization, that still believe and continue to conduct research to determine the credibility of, of Bigfoot. And then going to pop culture, I mean, oh my goodness. I mean, it's, it's Bigfoot. Well, it's everything, yeah. I mean, it's Bigfoot. There, there's signs. A lot of places in, in um, like Colorado and stuff like that that just says, uh, due to sightings of the area of a creature resembling Bigfoot, we're just warning you. Again, it's kind of tongue-in-cheek, but it's out there. There's actually a law in Washington that says that killing a Bigfoot is, is a felony, and you'd be fined $10,000 or five years imprisonment if you do kill a Bigfoot. So you do have laws out there about it, so it's just kind of strange. That's um, kind of crazy. So it's part of the pop culture. We have a whole bunch of... Um, that whole cryptozoology, right? With all about these like mythical creatures or even just creatures that they don't know that some people say exist, but they're not sure. I guess that's a future podcast we can always do too, like Loch Ness Monster, right? Chupacabra, yeah. things of that nature. Um, that they're just that they're just out there. And um, it's become part of the culture, like you said. It's you have you have that monster truck from the eighties, right? Bigfoot. I think it's still around, right? The whole monster truck thing, yeah. Bigfoot. You have you have movies. You even had movies recently, right? Like oh, Smallfoot and stuff like that, right? I remember those cartoons. My kids love to watch. And you have all these ones about like the Bigfoot living in the forest and meeting people and stuff like that. So there's a whole bunch of it's just part of it. And again, you mentioned Bigfoot to somebody, they they know who it is. Like they know what what a Bigfoot is. So even if it's not a real animal, they know in their mind's eye what a Bigfoot is. If you mention that to somebody lighthearted study on uh the human psyche i guess yeah so this was a very lighthearted and uh nice and short podcast on so what bigfoot. do you think pete do you, you think there's bigfoot out there honestly i i'm i'm not the one to say i don't believe in things um i would like to you know see it but i'm not gonna say i have to see it to believe it i am hey everyone to each his own you know to each his own i don't judge do well, i hurt think- anybody yeah, do I think I'm going to see a Bigfoot? I mean, I see a bear jumping on my garbage once in a while. I record that. But, who, you know, who am I to say that there's no Bigfoot? I, you know, I, I don't know. Wouldn't that be funny, though, if, like, somehow they do find Bigfoots and they find them in New Jersey? That would be awesome. Like, we would be known out of all the places, like, that's where they find Bigfoot is New Jersey? We would actually be known for something. <laughs> like, that would, be, that, that would be kind of interesting. Yeah, to say the least, to say the least. <laughs> well, anyway, well, thank you so much, guys, for tuning in once more to our more of a lighthearted conversation on Bigfoot this particular week. Uh, we do appreciate you coming back week after week. Um, if you guys nice. want to contact us, uh, you can find us at www.historyteacherstalkingpodcast.com. Please feel free to leave a review and click the subscribe button wherever you do listen to this podcast. We do appreciate that. And I hope everyone has an awesome week. We'll see you guys next week. Enjoy. Stay safe, everybody.
hope everyone enjoyed our podcast. And if you would like to email us, you can do so at historyteacherspodcast at gmail.com. I'm Ken Harbaugh, host of Warriors in Their Own Words, a podcast that presents the unvarnished, unsanitized truth of what we have asked of those who defend this nation. As a country, we need these stories more than ever. Stories from Americans who have borne the battle, including 30-year-old remastered interviews with veterans from World War I recounting their time in the trenches of Europe, and with veterans from World War II, Korea, Vietnam, and from our most recent conflicts in Iraq, Afghanistan, and other battlefields Americans may never have heard of. Hear their stories by listening to Warriors in Their Own Words wherever you find podcasts.